0: The following is a special message preached at Hagerstown Baptist Church the Tuesday before Easter, 2018. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 27, I was asked to prepare for tonight to preach on when Jesus said from the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, the theme for this week are the last seven sayings from Jesus Upon the cross, you've heard how Jesus offered forgiveness to those who do not deserve it. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We've heard how Jesus offered an eternal home to the thief upon the cross who was crucified next to him. We've heard how Jesus provided, even for his mother... As he was dying on the cross, he provided for his mother. Tonight we look at the cry of agony of Jesus upon the cross. From Matthew chapter 27, beginning in verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, for speaking to us. I thank you for what you did upon the cross, for your plan of sending Jesus to die in our place. Father, be with us tonight. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, just as we sang. Lord, give me strength to preach your word. I'm weak, but you are strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This uh, story is seen, these words are recorded in two places in the New Testament. It's found in... Matthew and in Mark. Um, we don't find it in Luke or in John. Um, the two cases are, are almost identical with a few differences concerning the, um, the wording. We'll just take a, a, a quick overview to begin with. It says that from the sixth hour there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Apparently, Jesus was taken to the cross and He was nailed to the cross, His hands and His feet, in the morning of Friday. About noon, things went black. It went dark and it lasted for three hours. Some have have thought about possible natural explanations such as... uh, A solar eclipse, but we just recently had a solar eclipse, and do those last three hours? Some have thought maybe it was a storm. It's probably most likely that it was was a supernatural event. Amos chapter 8 tells us uh, that in the day of the Lord, when God comes for judgment upon the land, that the sun... Would stop shining at noon. We see that in the crucifixion of Jesus, the day of the Lord had come. Judgment was upon the land. It tells us that at about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. A loud voice that's significant. Jesus was nailed, hanging from his hands. Nails. He couldn't breathe unless he pushed up on the peg on the post that he was crucified on. And to be there for well over three hours after having been beaten to the point where he was beyond recognition. And yet he was still able to cry out with a loud voice. It's amazing he was able to do that what did he say? He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. The original, probably in Aramaic. There is some debate about that. Matthew here gives us the translation so we know he was saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's where we'll spend most of our time. I'll come back to it. And it says, some of the bystanders Hearing it, said, This man is calling Elijah. They misunderstood what he was saying, which you can almost understand if he was weary from having been beaten and nailed to this cross. You can imagine his speech may have been affected and it may have been difficult to understand what he was saying. And they heard the Eli, Eli, and thought maybe he was calling Elijah. Elijah was significant. He was one of the figures from the Old Testament who never died, Enoch and Elijah. They thought maybe Elijah would be someone who would come and help someone out, help maybe the Messiah out at the if he had need for help. It says, One of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. And that is... Uh, a little ambiguous. We do not know. Is, he, is, he, is this being done as, as a mockery to give him sour wine? Or is it done out of, a, out of a kind of a relief? I don't want to dwell there, but as it was being done, someone from the crowd cried out and said that, wait, wait, stopped him. So don't do that. I want to see if Elijah will really come down and save him. Was he mocking too? To say, will Elijah really come and save this one? Or did he really want to know what God would do with this man who was hanging on the cross? And then finally, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Mark, tells us that He breathed His last here. It says that He yielded up His Spirit. The language we see here in Matthew gives us the idea that Jesus was in control and He voluntarily gave up His life for us. This is the overview of the text we have before us tonight. Now let's look at what may be one of the grandest mysteries in all of the world. Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus really felt abandoned. He really felt abandoned the pain of being separated from the Father. Many of us may have experienced some sense of abandonment. Sometimes maybe children who were left without their parents or a spouse leaving or different things. And Jesus experienced abandonment. But His abandonment must have been more than we could ever imagine. Every the only thing we can think about has to come from an analogy, from something from our experience. But Jesus is so much greater and more glorious. It uh, it goes beyond. It transcends anything we could imagine. See, Jesus, John tells us, was with the Father from the beginning. Jesus was with the Father. He, he, the Word who became flesh, there's no question. If the Word became flesh, just talking about Jesus, the Word who was with the Father, who was God, who was with God, who created everything. He had been by the Father's side from all eternity, eternity before creation ever started. Before anything The Father and the Son loved one another. They had experienced nothing but perfect pleasure, perfect enjoyment of one another from all eternity past. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, enjoying the harmony of a perfect communion. Within the Godhead, this trinity of persons distinguishes us from other monotheistic religions. You can't talk about a God who is by nature love without the Trinity. When you see Islam and other monotheistic religions, you don't see a a religion that sees God as being by nature love. He's sovereign He's holy. He's justice, but not love. The fact that God has a Trinity within Himself—Father, Son, and Holy Spirit—means that from all eternity past, He enjoyed this relationship of love between the Father, the Son. And tradition goes back to August Augustine, where we, where we. Um, we see that the, the, the Holy Spirit may be that, that love that goes between the Father and the Son. Jesus was there at creation. He was there whenever the Father and the Son planned together to create the world and everything in it. He was there at creation. He was there when Adam and Eve fell. He was there when God gave the promises to Abraham. He was there when He made the promises to David. He was there through all of the Old Testament. Jesus was there. And yet, John chapter 1 tells us, the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. But even then, He still enjoyed the presence and the communion with His Father. John chapter 5 tells us his father is working for, at all times. And even now he is working, but he says, I can do nothing. The son can do nothing unless he sees the father doing it. He still had this communion between himself and the father. And in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. He still had this communion, even though the Word had become flesh, even though the Word had stepped out of heaven and became a human being. He still had this precious communion with the Father that He had had from all eternity past. And you could see it as He prayed in the garden. Father, not my will, but Yours. this intimate fellowship between the Father and the Son that had existed from all eternity past, the one that He had experienced even as an infant in the cradle, in the manger, and growing up as a human being. We come to the cross and Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In fact, he didn't say the word Father. Like you might see in some of the prayers earlier, it seems maybe a little bit more distant. He says, my God, although he does have enough faith that he says, my God, my God. Jesus was probably quoting from Psalm 22, one of David's psalms and the point that he is down low and feeling abandoned by God, that this psalm, even, even that, ends in hope, knowing that God will see him through. Jesus, though I, I don't want to minimize the, the abandonment that Jesus felt, what are we to think of this? This is one of the most mysterious things. How can God abandon God? How can God die? It is a mystery. And I'll not try to explain away the mystery in all of this. But in some real sense, Jesus experienced Separation from God. Why? Why did he do this? Why did he leave heaven? Why did he allow himself to be beaten and tortured? Why did he allow himself to be nailed to a cross and to be abandoned by God? We think back to that prayer in Gethsemane. Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, If there be any other way, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus went to the cross. He experienced the, the divine abandonment for us. goes back to the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. They brought death into the world and death through sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all earned the wrath of God. We deserve everything and more. We deserve everything that Jesus experienced on the cross. Yet He took our place we think of our sin often as a small thing well everybody sins nobody's perfect and we we make our sin small do you want to know how big our sin is we look at what it costs to be forgiven the son of God The second person in the Trinity who had experienced fellowship with the Father from all eternity, who had always experienced nothing but love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, was abandoned by his Father. For those moments in time, felt the excruciating pain of that abandonment so that we could be forgiven. He took the abandonment that we deserve. He took the pain of the nails that we deserve. He took the wrath of God poured out on Him. Why did the Father turn His back? The Bible tells us in Romans that He who knew no sin became sin for us. He was abandoned. He became sin so that we could be forgiven. He was abandoned so that we could be accepted. We hear these words of Jesus ring out. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or maybe the question that we ought to ask it's, my God, my God, why have you accepted me? Those are the words from a song by Andrew Peterson. My God, my God, why have you accepted me? Jesus took all of that so that we who are sinners, who are rebellious, who do not deserve God, who have stood with our hands shaking in rebellion against God over our sins, could be forgiven the holy son of god who never sinned <clears throat> experienced the pain and abandonment of the cross so that we could be accepted That ought to cause us to want to worship Him, to praise Him. My God, my God, why have you accepted me?